Next on BYU Sports Nation, Kyle Collinsworth, number one in the country and on the verge of becoming number one in NCAA history. See, Stu, that's my quarterback. Christian Stewart will join us in studio. What do he and Jameis Winston have in common? Huh? Plus, game day for BYU men's volleyball, Jalen Reyes in studio to preview the weekend matches with UCLA. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. The party's here on the west side. This is how we do <laughs> it. You have said that whiter. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation Live and Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, Friday, January 16th. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with fine cheese collector, Jerem Jordan. Okay, that one's just way out there. I don't even have a comment for that. But I'm really pumped right now. One, today is Friday. Two, men's volleyball plays tonight in the Smith Fieldhouse. Excited to be back there. The post-Sander era begins. Uh, and I get to hang out with Steve Vale, which is one of my favorite things of all time. Three, we just listened to Smashing Pumpkins today, so I am I am juiced right now. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, Kyle Collinsworth had a triple-double and a win. Yeah, how about the individual performances by BYU men's and women's basketball last night, led by Kyle Collinsworth's fourth triple-double in 12 games? That's just stupid. Tyler Haas scores 26 points and has five rebounds, and that's an afterthought. <laughs> 26! Lexi Eaton goes for a career-high 32 points. Shoots five of six from the three-point line, and her teammate Morgan Bailey ties a career high with 31. They crushed it. They really did. It was a good night. BYU beat Pacific in two sports. Uh, big games with St. Mary's on both ends uh, Saturday. You can listen to those both on BYU Radio. The game for the women is on BYU TV. It's going to be a fun weekend, not to mention, uh, like I said, men's volleyball tonight and tomorrow. Back on BYU TV. It's going to be awesome. The conversation alive and well, 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Tell us your opinions. Be a part of BYU Sports Nation. What is the most impressive part of Kyle Collinsworth's triple doubles? Use the hashtag BYUSN on the Twitter. At JSJ35. How good at Big Russia 5's hair looks while doing it? (laughs) I did see one tweet last night. I've forgotten who said it. It's like, defies... The laws of physics, that part, man. Okay, we need to get... Okay, do you remember what Kyle's hair looked like last year? Yeah, he looked like he was 15. With the mullet? Yeah, and the, and the mullet, and like the I'm back from my mission moulet going on. We need on. to get... Okay, I don't know who, who can do this, but if any of you are followers in BYU Sports Nation can get screenshots of Kyle Collins with last year last with, year with the year. mullet and last night with the part, we're talking worlds of difference. Okay, that's why he has a girlfriend. Period. <laughs> because of his hair? Yes. Did Tyler Haas do that as well? Is BYU TMZ breaking out right I, now? I don't know. Here are your BYU Sports Nation headlines <laughs> and what we're talking about today. We've mentioned the fourth triple-double of the season by Kyle Collinsworth. That ties an NCAA single-season record. Amazing. BYU women's hoops, convincing win versus Pacific by 17, 89-72. And number seven, BYU men's volleyball at home. The BYU TV 2015 debut against UCLA tonight with the voice of BYU men's volleyball, Jerome Jordan. Yeah. I'm pumped, man. It's going to be fun. Check it out. Rise and shout, my friends. It's Friday and time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic 1. KC Masterpiece. 84-70 BYU. Boy, they make you pay. You beat the pressure and they score anyway. 
And there it is. Collinsworth the rebound. And they're getting a foul after the rebound. And it's on Jacob Lampkin in Pacific. But Kyle Collinsworth has just, with that rebound, recorded his fourth triple-double, which ties an NCAA record for the most in one season. Which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Four. Kyle Collinsworth ties the NCAA record for triple-doubles in a season with four. Normally we wait a little bit on the stat of the day. This is the stat of stats for this. This is the defining characteristic of Kyle Collinsworth. When he's done at BYU, hopefully he has one more season and doesn't declare for the NBA draft if that works out, uh, that he is the triple-double guy at BYU. If he stays another year, he's got a chance to set the career NCAA record and put it maybe out of reach for a long, long time. Six is the career record. He's now tied, as mentioned, with four in a season. And because Nate Austin's gone, I think he's getting a couple more rebounds. He's raised his game as a point guard. Let's call him a point forward since he's 6'6". Yes. But he's, and look at the, the names on this list. Uh, Stephane Lazar, I don't even know who that is, UMass. Jason Kidd, Brian Shaw, you know them, NBA coaches right now, longtime NBA players, and Michael Anderson, all the most generic game name NBA, of all time. NBA careers and yeah. nice NBA careers. So what what an accomplishment. And guess what? That's that's the uh, you know, big picture step back. Like triple double is awesome. BYU probably needed that to win last night at Pacific. Man, how about that? You know, you needed big time performances from Kyle Collinsworth and Tyler Hawes and Chase Fisher. Casey's on the verge of making NCAA history. Again, one more triple-double, and he will set the single-season record. Just reemphasizing what you just put out there, Jerem. He can set an NCAA record in a season. I like breaking those things. Seriously. Think about that. Double figures in three statistical categories for Kyle. It's been points, rebounds, and assists. That is really hard to do in 48 minutes for NBA players, let alone in 40 minutes for a college player. Listen to some of these statistics. We've, we've talked about the four already. Kyle has four times the triple-doubles of anyone else in BYU history. Because everyone else had one. Kyle has accounted for 40% of the NCAA's triple-doubles this season. And then at Postumer says this, it, referencing what I just talked about. Only 30 guys in NBA history have done what Collinsworth did last night. 17 points, 11 rebounds, 11 assists in 38 or fewer minutes. Good company. Yeah. And oh, by the way, he tore his ACL last March. Yeah. <laughs> no one's talking about that anymore. Oh, I'm talking about it. He tore yeah, his ACL in March. Yeah, it's amazing. It's unbelievable. Like, it's really fun to watch what Kyle Collinsworth and this team are doing. Kyle Collinsworth is doing something so well that Tyler Haas scores 26, and we go, oh, yeah, and Tyler had 26, and this and this happened. Wait, Tyler what? Haas is amazing. Amazing. And BYU gets a 93-80 win. On the road. I don't think you should allow 80 to Pacific, but whatever. I, I said on this show, I'll never complain about winning. Especially on the road. Yes. And, and it was close for a long time, and that was frustrating to watch. I tweeted, I'll never be comfortable with watching BYU uh, play a close game with a lower-level WCC team. I'll never be comfortable with that. Even on the road? Conference road games are weird. They're just, sometimes they're just hard to I know, win. But Look. sometimes BYU loses those games. That's why there's a worry. Look, Gonzaga doesn't. I mean, they'll lose one, maybe two. Yeah, speaking in a of road tests games. last night. Yeah, one by two against Pepperdine in Malibu. That's going to be a really tough game for BYU. Obviously, you lose at home, you're on uh, upset alert on the road. Yeah, tougher game for BYU this season at Pepperdine or at St. Mary's on Saturday.
That's a good question. I same, and we'll talk about St. Mary's coming up, but this is a big game for BYU tomorrow. Certainly. And Anson Winder didn't play last night. Like, we don't know, uh, you know, how banged, how sprained, uh, you know, that knee is. But I, I said, okay, if you can sit him in hopes of getting him Saturday, do um, it. And he didn't play. And Skyler Halford scored 15 points. That's uh, Anson's average. So you traded one for one on offense. Defensively, Anson's better, a better defender. But you got the points that you needed. And Chase Fisher was 5 of 8 from 3. Another 5-3 performance from Chase. Let's qualify just how good this win was given who BYU did not have playing last night. Okay, you already talked about Anson Winder. And everyone else played. Ryan uh, Ryan Andrus hit a 3. Josh Sharp had a big putback. Isaac Nielsen had a couple of big buckets. Dalton Nixon needed all of them. Okay, so Anson's your best defender, your second leading scorer. And BYU's still without Nate Austin. The best rebounder on the team. They've been without him since December 10th. BYU still managed to shoot 53%. Okay, Chase Fisher scored 18. Oh, by the way, BYU now 10 and 0 when Chase scores 15 or more. You asked the question this morning is he the why factor for he, BYU basketball? I think he is. When he plays well, BYU generally wins. 13 and 1 when he goes double figure. So even if he gets 13 10. 13 and 1. Yeah. Who is the loss to? I think he, he had 11 points, and I think it was against. Oh, I'll look it up. San Diego State, maybe. Mm. So regardless, they've only lost once when he scored double figures. Skylar Halford knocked down big three pointers. Started the game with the three. Seventy six points from a four guard lineup that did not include Anson Winder. It was San Diego State, by the way. Yeah, eleven points. So it was San Diego State in double overtime. Okay, that's the one game he's gone double figures. Chase Fisher, where BYU's lost, and BYU's he goes lost. double figures. BYU's going to win. Isn't that crazy? He's the Y factor. It's official. He is the Jordan Leslie of the basketball team. Yeah, when you say, well, what, what about when he doesn't score double figures? Two and four. Two and four. Yeah, Chase Fisher. Pepperdine at eight points. Games is, like that, yeah. He is the Gonzaga, eight factor. points. Okay. Mr. Consistency, however, is Tyler Hawes with his 26 last night. Unbelievable. We need, to, we need to give him his due credit and who he's chasing down. On his way to making BYU basketball history, Tyler Hawes is chasing Jimmer on BYU Sports Nation. 211. Wasn't it 311 at one point? Yeah. Beautiful disaster. 211 points 311, smashing pumpkins, already with references. Tyler, before last night's game, was the third leading scorer in the NCAA at 22.1. If he continues to put up 26, 25, which I think he'll do in a number of these West Coast Conference games, he might just end up leading the nation in scoring. I was just told that every time I sing, an angel dies. Wow. Really? That's so rude. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, my goodness. No, it continues to chase down Danny Ainge, who, if he had a three-point line, might be unreachable. But uh, Jimmer Fredette, yeah, chasing him down, 211. Yeah, 78 points behind Danny Ainge, 211 behind Jimmer Fredette. This kid from Alpine is captain consistent, man. It's unbelievable, and it's so fun to watch. I'm, I'm telling you right now, just enjoy watching Tyler Haas play. Enjoy watching Kyle Collinsworth play. Take a step back and watch them play and just soak it in because they're unique players. Some of the best at what they do that BYU's ever had. They've been playing ball a long time, since 1905. Enjoy it. BYU takes care of business against Pacific 9380. Now it's on to St. Mary's. In about a half an hour, we'll discuss why St. Mary's could very well determine what BYU needs to do in the West Coast Conference Tournament if they want to get in as an at-large team. Why does tomorrow's game... I have a strong opinion on what Saturday means. 
Yeah. In the middle of January, why does tomorrow's game, why will that affect the West Coast Conference Tournament? Jeremy's going to tell you why in about 30 minutes on BYU Sports Nation. That it is. What is the most impressive part of Kyle Collinsworth's triple doubles? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. Our good friend at Big Uncle Pooh. It's impressive. He makes it seem effortless. Just another day. Four triple doubles in 12 games. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. We had had someone tweeting the other day, I think for BYU to be successful, Kyle's going to have to be close to a triple double every night. He just might be. There's... (laughs) <laughs> that's closer to the truth than you think, maybe. <laughs> because if Hanson Winder's hurt, more production Man. from everybody. Luckily, Skylar Halford and the bench showed up. Skylar starts and scores 15. I think that's the most underrated part from last night. At Dave Farns, the unimpressive part is he's he isn't getting love from ESPN for something only four other players have done ever. Well, it depends on who you talk to. Because he Jay, made Pacific. Yeah, that's it's, why. it's about the competition. Friend. But, Frischilla, but Jay Billis, Jay Billis, Jay Billis did it. tweet out last night that Kyle has four triple doubles. I believe John Gassaway as well, VSPN. So th- there are three different guys seeing it. W- when you look at, um, is it on the home page on the right in the headlines? Not, it wasn't there. That's fine. Is it going to make Sports Center? Pure beating Pacific's not going to make Sports Center. No. Plus, he's doing it yeah. so often, it becomes less notable. It just becomes uh, almost like, weird. oh yeah, Kyle got another triple double. Like Tyler Hall what? scoring twenty six. The big man on campus here on BYU Sports Nation, and by BMOC, we mean Christian Stewart. What do he and Jameis Winston have in common? Not a lot. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, simulcast on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Join us by using the hashtag BYUSN. Coming up tomorrow afternoon, Dave McCann on the call, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, Women's Hoops versus St. Mary's on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Big game for BYU. That's the top four matchup in the WCC. Yeah, not to mention the men's side. Kyle Collinsworth coming off a triple-double, hoping to continue that success on the road with BYU, who are now 5-0 and against a very good St. Mary's team in Moraga. What no, is the... No one breaks down women's hoops in the WCC like BYU Sports Nation. That, that is true. And men's hoops, for that matter, right? Just hoops in general. Sportsness. <laughs> we love sports. What is the most impressive part of Kyle Collinsworth's triple doubles? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Saying that's kind of weird. Collinsworth's triple doubles. What, what's his name? <laughs> Corey Williams, the analyst. He, he said, what's Kyle Collinsworth? Worth? Well, a lot. I was like, rim shot. Yeah. And I was like, ah, it's super cheesy, but actually kind of clever. Because <laughs> At least he didn't I, say I Collinsworth because he did on the first reference. I was like, come on, bro. At Cougar underscore Nate says this in response to the Twitter question. He makes it look so easy. Oh, yeah. And he's coming off an ACL injury. I had an ACL in high school and was never the same. It's amazing. <laughs> Four triple doubles. You can't say enough about what he's doing in twelve games. Another guy who stole headlines in BYU Sports Nation, and uh, you know, rightly so, is Christian Stewart, BYU quarterback, joining us in studio now on C. BYU Stew Sports Nation. See Stu, what's up? What's up, brother? How you hey, doing? Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, is this the first time you've been with us in studio? This is the first time. I was wondering if I was ever going to get an invite. Apparently, after the season. <laughs> yeah. I now that you're one. done, we can bring you yeah, in. Sweet. <laughs> Now you got a little bit more time on your hands. Well, that's the, we want to know what what are you up to right now? Oh, you know, just preparing for intramural basketball season. <laughs> Gonna pull a Kyle Collinsworth, have some triple doubles. <laughs> okay, so you, speaking of intramural sports, Christian, uh, Jeremy and I we we take intramural sports very intensely and seriously here at BYU as full time employees. We we can participate. We want to win championships. We're looking 
potentially for a quarterback. Oh are, goodness! Are, are you are you interested? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I can live <laughs> up you, to the hype. Do you know anyone that we could have play quarterback? <laughs> I know some people. Oh, okay. I, don't, I don't think okay. I'm one of those guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> We actually, our high school, or one of your high school rivals is actually our quarterback. We talked about this a little bit. Zach Brady. You Zach com- Brady. You competed in, in high school and uh, had a friendly rivalry there. He, he's our guy. I'm sorry. Yeah, hey, he's still a friend, but every time I hear his name, I cringe. We lost to PG this both is, years. This is your chance started. to get a leg up on Zach Brady, Christian. This is your chance to displace Zach's him. Gonna be t- Listen, Zach, I still want you to be the quarterback. <laughs> I just want to say that. Christian Stewart with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, in terms of uh, your your life and education and, and what you want to do for a job, uh, where are you where are you there? So yeah, I'm a senior in the accounting program right now, just finishing up some class that I hadn't taken yet, and then I'm headed off in July to San Francisco. I got a job with an investment bank out there, Raymond James, and yeah, that's what I'll be doing for at least two to three years. I'm studying for the GMAT right now as well. I'm going to take that before I head out, and hopefully after my time at Raymond James, go to business school somewhere. Fantastic. Is it Raymond James Stadium? It is the Raymond. Or yes, the big sombrero. I've n- I, yeah, the big sombrero. <laughs> I never made the connection there. So you're an actual student athlete. Like you, you have like a hard class schedule and stuff right now. Yeah, I actually go to class. It's surprising <laughs> that athletes still go. I know. Let's say that the Canadian Football League or the Arena Football League comes calling. They're like, "Hey, we really liked your game. We were really impressed. Would you ever consider, to any degree, a professional football career?" No. I honestly it was a lot of fun for me. Football's a fun hobby, but it was never my life. It was never what you know, things were about for me and school's more important. My career is really important to me and so that's where I'm headed now. You're far too logical, Christian. <laughs> this makes too much sense. So so you're done. Football you're, Yeah. It, I, totally I'm gonna throw to guys on pro day, so I'm still staying in shape and throwing like, I'm kind of working Austin Collie out. We run one-on-ones with Sky Pove Because really? they're training together. And so I'll do things like that and throw to Jordan Leslie and uh, Ross and whoever, Devin Mahina. But other than that, I'm not, I'm not really trying. So Austin is trying to get back into the league. I hear he's in incredible shape and everything. Hopefully, hopefully that happens soon because it seems like the window's closing, right? Yeah, you would imagine, especially with all the concussions. But that... That dude is a phenomenal athlete and runs the best routes I've ever seen out of any receiver. Hmm. So I think I think he has a good chance. It's just if, whether or not he can stay healthy. Let's talk about this year's teammates. When you look at uh, the approaching NFL draft, there are some guys that obviously want to get on NFL rosters and, and have dreams. Who do you think is the guy from this year's team that has the best shot to make an NFL roster? I would say Paul Asike has the best best chance because of – He's so versatile. He can run the ball. He can catch the ball. But more than that, he's the best pass blocker that we had on our team, I feel like. And he can run block extremely well. I feel like he could fill in a fullback spot, kind of like Matt Asiata has done okay. for the Vikings. Yeah. I feel like he is that good that he, he should get a shot in the NFL. Wow. Yeah, and he's playing in the uh, NFL PA Bowl with Devin Mahina. That's tomorrow, actually. So, uh, And that's that's on television as well. Details coming up on that. Let's take a step back before we talk about 2015 and kind of the next wave of BYU football. 2014 has happened. Uh, you you got a great look and had a good season. What did, what did you think of 2014? Now that you've had a few weeks to reflect, it's interesting. It was a it was almost like two seasons, but for me it was a lot of fun. I mean, I got the chance of a lifetime to play here at BYU. I feel like I, I played well. Obviously, there are things that I wish I had done better or could have learned quicker. But 
overall, looking back, I have great memories, and I'm I'm really happy with the way the season played out. We've uh, we've talked we've teased throughout the show what Christian Stewart and Jameis Winston have in common. Do do you know <laughs> oh, the one goodness. thing you have in common? We're both quarterbacks. <laughs> Besides that, you had the same amount of touchdown passes as Jameis Winston, 25. Did you know really? that? Really? I did not know Isn't that. Isn't that weird that he didn't have more because he played like 13, 14 games? And, yeah, he was a Heisman <laughs> winner last year. But if, if, you had, if you had played from the beginning of the season in an alternate universe where you're the starter from the beginning of the season, you, how many more touchdown passes do you think you had thrown in the first four games um, in the first, well, here's the thing. I thought you could have thrown eight or ten. There, there's a learning curve, right? And so it started off slower and then got better as the season went on. And so I feel like if I could have played in those first four games, you know, I maybe could have had 12 or so, three a game. And then... That'd be pretty high, right? Yeah, that would be yeah, high. Yeah. Which was around my average, I think. But then from there, I think it could have gone up, and I, I could have maybe ended the season 35, 40 touchdowns, hopefully. 35 was what Jared Goff had, and he was fifth in the country. Wow. Yeah, that would have been... People don't throw as many sweet. touchdown passes, apparently, or something. Yeah, 25 was tied for 24th. That was solid. That was good. That's not you bad. You and Jameis Winston, homie. That's have two all, things in common. That's all right. Right. Common, I feel great about the quarterbacks. <laughs> you don't steal crab legs, right? Oh well, goodness. not yet, at least. <laughs> not yet. I'm moving to San Francisco, though. <laughs> I don't yes. even know what that means. Pay for your seafood. <laughs> Let's move on. Okay, uh, the Miami Beach Bowl was crazy shootout. 55-48, double overtime. Your mom came up to me after and was like, no, his last pass cannot be an interception. It can't oh. end that way. And I said something to her that I'm going to share with you as well. I believe, I hope I'm right, Jeez, Ty Detmer's last pass in college was also an interception against Iowa in a bowl game. In a tie. In a tie. Yeah, so, 13-13. I'm like, you can't, I was like, you can't focus on the last pass. Let's think about what Christian did and where he was. And she's like, thank you for talking me off the ledge. Your mom is such a passionate fan. What's she going to do now that you're not playing football? Oh, my goodness. I have no idea. She still <laughs> pesters me with football questions every day. But honestly, she she loves the game so much. She would get more emotionally involved in the games than I would, I feel like. <laughs> For a week after, she like, couldn't talk about it. She'd get emotional. But that's just who my parents are. They're extremely supportive. They love me, and they've always been there for me, and I've really appreciated that from them. Where was the place during the season where you could go where no one would ask you about football? Where no one would ask was me about football? Was there a place? Football? That's a good question. Um... Honestly, I feel like just to my apartment when I was away from... Because my roommates, you know, Nate Austin, he gets it. He's a student athlete. My other roommate, Nate Nielsen, he's always with me in the accounting program. And so he busy making care. the T-shirts. He's busy making the T-shirts. Yep. So that was kind of my sanctuary where it's just chill there, don't have to talk about football, just live my life normal. But then wherever else I went, it was always like, hey, what the, talk to me about this or this. And... Yeah, especially at home, it got on my nerves because it's like, you guys should just love me for who I am, not for because I'm a quarterback here at BYU. <laughs> Did that wait? So you're saying when you went home, like with your parents and stuff, even there was BYU oh, football yeah. center? And they knew that when they brought it up, I'd get extremely mad. <laughs> <laughs> I would get so bugged when I'm just like, is there nothing else we can talk about? My mom's like, here, let me get the list out of things that I'm allowed to talk to you about. <laughs> What was on that list, Christian? Oh, not much. Yeah. The weather for the day. <laughs> Christian Stewart with us on BYU Sports Nation, former BYU quarterback who was 
going to become an accountant specialist or no, an investment, investment banker, banker specialist yes. investment in San banker. Francisco. Operative word being bank. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You're going to make more money than Jeremy and I. Fact. <laughs> uh, let's talk about uh, the BYU football team right now as they approach the 2015 season. Uh, Taysom Hill coming back and Jamal Williams trying to get healthy as well. When you look at that schedule next year, um, what do you expect out of uh, your friends and teammates at BYU football in 2015? The schedule honestly makes me a little nervous. It, I feel like the team will go as Taysom goes. And it was sort of that way That's at fair. the beginning of, of this season. Our defense, I don't really know who we're going to have. We graduate a lot of guys, and so we're going to have a lot of youth on the defense side of the ball. But the offense is pretty mature. We're returning quite a few linemen. We're returning three running backs and Taysom, and then we have three great receivers, Nick Kurtz, Mitch Matthews, and Devon. So we have some weapons on the offensive side of the ball, but we'll have to outscore teams. And if Taysom can stay healthy, and I just feel like he needs to develop himself more as a pocket passer rather than as the playmaker that he is. I mean, he he can do it. He has all the, the capability in the world. It's just like whether or not he wants to do it. It's like shutting down the instinct, though, because he I knows know. he's such and a good runner. And his greatest attribute. Yeah, right? it is. Which is to run the ball. And to improvise, make plays, that's what he does. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. He's got to find a balance because I, I personally think if you want to make it in the NFL, you can't be reckless. You can't just run the ball. You have to prove yourself as a passer, and then you can get that chance in the NFL. So I think he's he's got to develop himself a little more in that way. Not Not necessarily develop himself, but... Just do it, which I know he can't. I watch him. I watch him every day in practice. I know he's capable, but then he gets in the game and he wants to run and make plays with his feet, which he can, but obviously it's led to two big-time injuries. Yeah. Well, the campaign for Taysom and BYU begins in Lincoln, Nebraska on September 5th. Cue the music. Countdown (laughs) to the Cornhuskers. 2.32. We count down every day on the show to – BYU Nebraska. All right, every I like single it. day. I like it. Getting ready. We did. We did it with uh, Connecticut last year. It was it was crazy. <laughs> I realize there's something else you and James Winston have in common. You were in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl. We were. You went to that game. What was yes, that like I did. for you? It was awesome. Coolest atmosphere I've ever been to in a college game. They had just this whole park fenced off, and they just had tailgaters and different activities and food. There's nothing like it, huh? No, there was really yeah. nothing like it. There was. It's crazy. It's New Year's Day, so nobody's on the roads. But then, right when we get towards the exit where uh, past or the Rose Bowl was, holy smokes! It was just backed all the way up on the freeway. So we ended up flipping a UE on the freeway, completely <laughs> illegal, and rode the train in. But there were just thousands and thousands of people there. It was awesome. Yeah, the environment of the road. I've been to two, and uh, it's it's an amazing college football experience. Okay, so as you're watching that game develop. Uh, is it hard not to think about your own personal experiences when you're when you're a quarterback and you're watching other teams play? It was weird. It was the first football game I got to watch that year live, at least. And, yeah, it, it makes you think, what could I have done in this system or if I was given this opportunity? But, honestly, it was fun to watch it from a, a spectator standpoint and watch two phenomenal quarterbacks battle it out. And it was a great game until you know midway through the third quarter and then Oregon kind of blew it open. Or what, from seeing Oregon on the field, like how much faster are they than, say, BYU, based on what you saw? 
They well, what and was most what was most impressive is the the tempo at which they went. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much faster they are. Obviously, they probably are faster. They get the number one recruits every year, but they would get up to the ball in eight nine seconds, and they're running the next play. And Florida State's got guys running off the field, not set. They're still making their defensive calls. It was unreal how quick they were able to, um, you know, get ready, get set, mm-hmm. and and go. I thought in the national championship, Urban Meyer did a phenomenal job at just preparing his team, and because you can't really replicate that in practice. I don't know how There's you. No can. way. Yeah, yeah no, you can't do that. But somehow Urban Meyer got his team ready because they were. I mean, they had all the answers for him. Is that the vision for BYU football under Robert and I to go as fast as Oregon? I think it was not this past season, but uh, the 2013 season. That was our our motto: go hard, go fast. But we don't have the depth to be able to run Oregon's offense. I mean, if you're running that many plays at that tempo, you need guys, second and third stringers, who can come in and you don't skip a beat. At BYU, I feel like the difference between the the first team and the second team, there's a bigger drop-off than in most schools. Sure. And so I, I don't think we can do that. And we didn't do that this year. We didn't try to. Yeah, it seems like it geared down a little bit, and there was a little more comfortability for the quarterback, whoever was in there yeah. uh, at times. A big picture question with you. BYU uh, approaching the fifth year in independence. Is, is the goal for BYU football and inside that office to get into a Power 5 conference to do what you can to, to be invited one day? I'm not sure. They don't really talk to us about that. But I feel personally like we need to. Because as a player, we lost the Utah State games, and there goes our hope of a national championship. And what else are you playing for other than just a bowl game? I mean, it, it'd be nice to have, okay, you, you want to win a national championship, but you also want to win your conference. And that's a, a much more realistic goal. And so I, I feel like we need to get back into a conference. I feel like it'll help. Even if it's a group of five? Yeah. Like the American it, or back to the Mountain West? Oh, I see. And you're saying not in the Power so, 5. So Power 5, you can't really control, right? Yeah. But BYU probably could be like, hey, American, what's up? Yes, they can, can get we... into a, a group yeah. of five. I'm not sure what the best way to go about that is because we're not considered a Power 5 even if we're independent. And then if you're not in the Power 5, you don't get most of the recruits. So I'm, I'm not sure the best way to go about that. I think This is what Tom Holmes thinking about every day. I yeah, I'm sure it is. I think we're good enough to play in, in the Big 12. Uh, it's just whether or not they would want to invite us in. Christian Stewart with us on BYU Sports Nation. Christian, uh, we're just about out of time. But uh, to honor oh. you... Represent. <laughs> I had to represent with the T-shirt that uh, that your roommates made, Nate and Nate. Uh, next question is: When do the Nate Austin Rexosaurus Rex T-shirts hey, hit the I've shelves? Been, I've been <laughs> saying to my my roommate Nate Nielsen, you got to get on that. It's just he's been injured, and we can't start promoting him while he's sitting on the sideline. <laughs> well, you've had plenty of time to produce the T-shirt though while he's been hurt, right? Hey, he has. I don't, I don't know where he's at in the development of it. Very good. Okay. Uh, BYU Sports Nation breaking news. It is confirmed BYU football has a new strength and conditioning coach. Frank Wintrick of North Texas is now hired at BYU and will take over the program in Provo, Utah. Uh, For those on BYU TV, you're seeing his picture. He looks like a strength and conditioning coach to me. He looks good. Do you think he can get away with the beard? Nope, I'm pretty sure he's (laughs) going to have to shave the beard. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> before we wrap up with you, since we have Abby on while we uh, discuss this, the the importance of that guy, and it was Jay Elmer who's retiring, in making sure that you can play effectively on the field, that your body is in great shape. So it's it's imperative to have a great a great guy at that position. Coach Omer, love him to death, but he's old school. We did straight Olympic lifts. The whole time I was here, we had done kind of the same workouts. And your body will plateau if you're continually doing the same routine. When I trained with Dave Strohshine, who is where Danny Sorensen's at right now, and Harvey Unga, there's a bunch of pro guys that train with him. He would just keep your body guessing, and we never did any Olympic lifts. No squats, no cleans. And from what I've heard, this guy, that's his same mentality, is do more plyometrics, work on being explosive, keep your guys healthy and fresh, which I think is exactly what BYU needs. As we saw this last season, we had a lot of injuries, and a lot of that correlates to the way we train our bodies and the way we break our bodies down. And I, I think and I hope that this guy can bring in a new a new system, kind of the wave of the future for uh, strength and conditioning. So this is, you look at this higher, and this has is, is got to make you feel excited about the prospect of what BYU football can do from a strength and conditioning perspective. Yeah, it, it honestly could be a, a great move. The only thing that I see being a potential problem is I know Coach Mendenhall likes to work his guys into the ground. Because it builds character, which it does. And I, I don't disagree with that. But you have to find a balance. And I'm hoping that uh, – what, what was his name again? Frank Wintrick. Frank Wintrick. I hope that he can, he can bring that to BYU because we really need that here. Christian, we need you to sign our BYU Sports Nation Rise Up flag before you go. All right. Which we need to, like, hang up. We just put it under this desk. <laughs> yeah, honor I can your see visit to the set. Yeah, in some good use over here. <laughs> Wherever you want. Christian, great to have you with us. More on Frank Wintrick coming up. What will BYU Volleyball be like without Taylor Sander? The Cougars take on UCLA tonight. We'll talk to Jalen Reyes next. Christian and Jameis Winston aren't hanging out. I'm telling you that. And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Download the show podcast on iTunes or check it out at BYUSportsNation.com. Coming up tonight, men's volleyball is back in the Smith Fieldhouse. That's the most exciting thing that could literally come out of my mouth. BYU and UCLA tonight and tomorrow, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. It's going to be awesome. How did you phrase it this morning? Because the Jazz and the Lakers play. Oh, yeah, yeah, play. yeah. So the, the Jazz are playing the Lakers. That's the second most important Utah versus SoCal matchup in the <laughs> state tonight in sports. Behind BYU, Behind and, BYU UCLA, and UCLA. Men's volleyball. You know, in a lot of ways, that's just true, Jerem, because... Oh, in every let's, way. Let's be honest. The, the Jazz and the Lakers... Kobe's a, in town? Not, exa- Whoa, not exactly playoff contenders. <laughs> let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Kyle Collinsworth with his fourth triple-double of the season in 12 games. That is bonkers. He ties an NCAA single-season record one more, which he has 11 games to do, and he will set a new record. BYU Women's Hoops, convincing win over Pacific 89-72. Morgan Bailey, Lexi Eaton combined for 63 points. And as Jaron mentioned, number 7 UCLA, or BYU rather, taking on number 4 UCLA in the Smith Fieldhouse. To help us get ready for tonight's match, Jalen Reyes back on set. Jalen, I feel like this is, uh, we're, this is what, the number 3 or 4? This is the third or fourth visit you've had to the set? I think it's the fourth time I've been here. Okay. Wow. Happy to be back. Are you feeling good. comfortable then? A little bit. A little bit. Fair enough. Who have we had more than Jalen Reyes? Jeff Judkins? 
Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> seems like pretty high up there. Jalen, uh, let's talk about this year's team. It's it's a very different team. Uh, your coach uh, told us last week he's trying to figure out different formations, and you know you can't replace a guy like Taylor Sander with just one guy. So, what is this year's team going to be like without Taylor Sander? Um, I think we're going to be pretty good. I mean, we're looking pretty good right now. Uh, we're just trying to. Trying to just keep things together. There's been a like a lot of different players. A lot of people got to play last week, so I think I think we're going to be pretty good. You know, we have the potential to be really good. We're working hard in practice. We're getting better and just having fun out there. What I've liked in watching a couple practices is there's a lot of veterans in this group, and you see, okay, this Devin Young's not here. Taylor Sanders not here. So you see different guys get a little bit louder, a little more vocal, swing a little harder. Um, and after week one, you played Loyola and Lewis. You guys really tested yourselves. Got a nice one against Lewis. What have you seen this week in terms of progression as you prep for a good UCLA team? I think everyone's just a little more comfortable out there. There's been guys that, you know, like guys like Kirill, Tim, Hatch, they've all played before, but now because Taylor's gone, everyone everyone needs everyone's taking a different role on the team. Robbie and Ty, you know, have a little more leadership than they did last year. So I think just everyone's just expanding their role in terms of being a leader out there. What do you think the pinnacle for this team this year is? I mean, is is it always going to be win a national title for BYU men's volleyball? Yes. I like that answer. <laughs> that's a simple answer. And it's a good one. And that's that's where the program is right now. Uh, where do you see BYU needing to make the most improvement? I know you've only played a few matches, but where do you think you're going to need to improve the most to make a legitimate national title run? I think it's serving and passing. We work on that every single day, and... You know, whoever follows volleyball, you understand that if you can serve and pass, you can play with anybody. And, you know, I think that's where we can make the greatest strides. If we can keep teams out of system and versus if we can stay in system, we'll be tough to stop. Who takes over best server on the team for Taylor? Uh, right now, Kirill has a really good float serve. In terms of spike serve, it's probably Tim Daubert. Tim, Tim can give mm-hmm. teams fit, especially when we go down to sea level. and You can hit it a little bit harder and the court seems bigger. Probably Tim and Kirill probably have the two two best serves on the team right now, I would say. In comes UCLA tonight, and this has kind of become like this de facto rivalry. How would you explain the rivalry within the MPSF with UCLA? This is how I explain it. I think we talked about this last time I was on the show. We don't like them. They don't like us. The fans don't. Their fans don't like us. Our fans don't like them. So I think that's just how I would explain it. <laughs> if Utah had a men's volleyball team, maybe it could be them. But they don't have anything uh, related <laughs> to men's volleyball. And you go back to kind of serve gate at UCLA about four years ago and the kind of the, the debacle there. If you're unfamiliar with it, uh, let's just say it was dramatic. But Bill Simmons of ESPN has a theory that every team ne- needs an alpha male. Obviously, that was Taylor Sander last year, on the court at least. He's kind of a, a more quiet guy. Um, but who's the alpha male or developing or could be the alpha male on this team? I think That's we, one of my big questions. I think we could possibly have two. Jake Langlois had a really nice weekend mm-hmm. last week, and he's becoming – his role is you can see him just gaining confidence with every practice and every match, and I think Tim Daubert could be really, really difficult for other teams to stop this year too. So you have to be six foot ten to be the alpha male? Yes. Is that the key? And you have to be my roommate too. <laughs> Are they both your roommates? They're both my roommates. <laughs> nice. So tell us about Tim because he's an interesting story. Six foot ten guy, a little raw last year, a little slow. Now he looks cut. He looks fantastic. Uh, bought into the system, and then Jake is just always injured, just stress fractures in his legs. Mm-hmm. But a crazy good athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Tim, you know, going in terms of Tim, 
Tim had a really good summer. He came back. He just looked different to me. He looked stronger, faster. He's jumping higher, hitting the ball harder. He came back. He was a little more comfortable with our system last year. He kind of had questions about why we do this, why we do that. Mm-hmm. He grew yeah. up a certain way. Yeah, changed. Yeah, some so of I that. think yeah. him coming in, knowing what we we need him to do, he's way more comfortable in this role. And you know, I'm just Jake. Jake's been working hard. I know he's been seeing doctors and trainers, and he does like hours of rehab before and after practice Good just grief. to try to stay healthy. It, it's uh, annoying how much he has to try and seek yeah medical help for this, which yeah. he doesn't have an answer to. I guess. Yeah, I, I mean. The odds of you getting stress fractures in the same spot over and over again is kind of hard. And so. on both legs or something? I think it's just one leg, okay. but, I mean, I guess one, you, you need both legs. So, yeah. right. <laughs> Jalen Reyes of BYU Men's Volleyball with us on BYU Sports Station previewing the seventh-ranked Cougars and fourth-ranked Bruins tonight. The games will be on BYU TV on Friday and Saturday with Jerem Jordan and Steve Vail on the call. Speaking of, Jalen, you walk into the Smithfield house and you see Jerem Jordan and Steve Vale ready to call a game on national television. What's the first thought that goes through your mind when you see those two guys ready to go? I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. Hopefully it's a sellout. Uh, I always go over them and give them, give them, give them fists before the game. So That's I'm ex- much appreciated. I'm stoked. And I don't know. I just, I think it's just so cool to be able to play on TV and play in the field house. I know my family's been blowing up my phone all day about getting excited to go and watch the game. Everyone's leaving. In Hawaii, it starts at 4 o'clock because it's so far behind that everyone's going to leave work early and go and watch the game, so I'm excited. Absolutely, and shout-out to them. It's, it's one of the funnest things that uh, we get to do here at BYU TV. So good luck tonight against UCLA, uh, tonight and tomorrow, and uh, it's going to be a fun season. Really is. Looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. Thank BYU you. Volleyball set to make some TV magic tonight against UCLA. Check out the match. Jerem Jordan and Steve Vale on the call. Continue to send in your responses. For our Twitter question, what's the most impressive part of Kyle Collinsworth's triple-doubles? Use the hashtag BYUSN. BYU looks to remain undefeated on the road at St. Mary's tomorrow. We'll tell you why that game will have a major impact on BYU's postseason and more on Frank Wintrick of BYU football. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. My name is Spencer. His name is Jerem. We're talking basketball, volleyball, and even a little bit of football today was in breaking news on BYU Sports Nation. What is the most impressive part of Kyle Collinsworth's triple doubles? He's got four after last night's win over Pacific, and now the Cougars head to take on St. Mary's. On ESPN2 and BYU Radio tomorrow, 10 Eastern time. Check it out. Big game for BYU and the Gales. Why is it such a big game, though? And you brought up an interesting point this morning, and so I'm going to defer the microphone solely to the man, Jerem Jordan, to tell to convince me why, because I already know it's a big game, but why, why will this impact the West Coast Conference Tournament? Okay, I think BYU needs to add to its resume, obviously. This is almost a bonus game, but it's not in that. I think BYU, because they did not win the big games, biggest games on its schedule, Gonzaga, San Diego State, Utah, that they need to win tomorrow or else they have to get to the WCC title game, meaning you would have to make up this would-be win or a win of note for your resume in the semifinal, likely against St. Mary's. I'm projecting that BYU and St. Mary's will finish as the two and the three. I don't know who finishes as what, but hopefully BYU is a two and then can beat St. Mary's again and at home have three over St. Mary's to make up what would have been a nice win against those previously three ranked teams. That's how strongly I feel about tomorrow's game. Now, will Anson Winder play? 
The tone, apparently, after the game yesterday was there's a chance he could play. Not, yeah, we'll have him back. So that worries me. BYU might have to field the same team they had last night and beat St. Mary's at St. Mary's. That's a tall task. They can do it, but it'll be a tough game. The magic number, as we have reported a number of times on this show, is 25 wins. I don't see any way how BYU gets left out if they win 25 games. Beating St. Mary's tomorrow would certainly be the boost that they need, the shot in the arm, uh, to get 25 wins if, as they approach the WCC tournament. If you can win that game, you can win at Pepperdine as well. At Gonzaga, I think, is really going to be a challenge to win that game. But if you could continue to be road warriors, BYU is the nation's longest road win streak right now. It's seven. The quest for road perfection continues, Spencer. <laughs> we just confirmed on BYU Sports Nation in a bit of breaking news that the Cougar football team has a new strength and conditioning coach, Frank Wintrick, leaving North Texas to now come and take over the program at BYU. Here is the quote from Frank. I'm thrilled to be part of the staff at BYU working with Coach Mendenhall. He also said this, This is a great fit both culturally and in the type of strength program I run. I follow a holistic approach to help the players master the game by training the total athlete Focusing not only on physical preparation, but also on physiological, psychological, rather, technical and tactical aspects. And Christian Stewart touched on that a little Interesting bit. Interesting comments from him. Yeah, he, he said that he loved Jay Omer, loved him to death, but he was very old school, right? Uh, and, and so maybe this is the mix up that BYU needs to go to the next level to prevent uh, injuries, to get them in go fast, go hard shape um, to that degree. I wasn't in there. I didn't see what Jay did, per se. We can only go off what we're told. But uh, Jay Omer was here a long time and did a good job. And now you turn the page, you bring in a guy who's younger, innovative. It's, it's a move that excites. It's a move like the hire of Zach Nyborg at the time, like the hire of Jeff Martson. Now, so, now sometimes this can blow up in your face. All right, let's give this guy the chance to see what happens. You know, uh, Brandon Doman was, the, after two seasons, BYU let go of Brandon Doman. Uh, Bronco Mendenhall took over the defense for Nick Hell. So, so let's see what Frank Wintrick can do. I'm excited about the hire to see what he can do to get BYU in shape for the well, he's season. He's got an impressive resume and a solid track record. He got North Texas back into a bowl game and was a big part of that. And the coaching staff down there said Frank played a huge role in getting our athletes to the next level so that they could go back to a bowl game, which they won against UNLV. Yes, it's UNLV. But still, like when you have, sure. when you have uh, credentials like that, Things look good. And it, it, can, it, it seems like it's going to be one of two things. It's either going to be super weird and not work, or it's going to be awesome and be fantastic. Right? Like the next level. Like and, there's and no work in well. between. <laughs> if you're, well, he tries techniques that are different. It's like, well, now we're going polar. Yeah. I'm and, excited about the hire, though. You know, and talking, Can't wait to talk to him and Christian bring him Stewart, in. like you said, Jay Omer was old school. All Olympic lifts. And that doesn't mean it's bad, right? When you say old school, it's like, well, well it's no, it's antiquated. Not necessarily, right? Yeah. It, it's just what he did, and now there's a brand new style coming in for Cougar football. Wintrick. Tell you say. Frank Wintrick, not Wintrich. Up next, the Cougar Whip. BYU Sports Nation, presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it! Whoosh. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. BYU beat Pacific 93-80 in Stockton The University last night. of the of Pacific. the Pacific. Tyler Hawes led the way with 26 points. Kyle Collingsworth recorded his fourth triple double of the season with a 17-11-11. Unbelievable. The Cougars play the Fighting Brad Waldos of St. Mary's tomorrow, 10 Eastern time. 
on ESPN2 and BYU Radio. Malcolm. Football. Paul Lasique and Devin Mahina are playing in the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl tomorrow at 4 p.m. on ESPN2. Christian Stewart said he thinks Paul Lasique has the best shot of any of his teammates this year to make an NFL roster. Women's basketball. Last night, the women crushed it. Lexi Eaton and Morgan Bailey combined for 63 in BYU's 89-72 victory. The ladies host St. Mary's tomorrow in a big game for Eastern time. You can watch it and listen to it right here on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Track and field. The men and women are at the Boise State, not Boise State, but <laughs> Boise State. Bison. Ed Jacoby Invitational in Nampa today and tomorrow. Tennis. Nampa, home of what Cougar great? Rob, Rob, Morris. No, Rob Morris. Yes, I knew that. Rob I knew Nelson that. Morris. The men are at the University of New Orleans. I didn't know that existed. And the women are in Houston playing Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Gymnastics. After taking second in the Deseret First Duel last week, the Cougars compete at the Ozone Invitational in Knoxville, Tennessee. Ozone. Tomorrow night. Cougars in the PGA. Haven't done that in a while. At the Sony Open in Hawaii. Shh. Daniel Summer. Oh, <clears throat> It's been a while. Daniel Summerhays is tied for 12th at four under par. And Zach Blair is at <laughs> one over. Thank you. Those birds are not indigenous to this region. <laughs> tied for 94th through one round. Spencer, let's send it back to you in the clubhouse. Uh, thank you, Jared. Today's in Rise Butler, and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help When You Need It Most. DexterLaw.com. And it goes to Kyle Collinsworth. How much is Collinsworth? A lot. Four triple doubles in 12 games. He's good at sports. What's the most impressive part of the Kyle Collinsworth triple double? I guess Ness. now, um, no, the what do you call it? Four and twelve games? It's almost like a streak. One out of every three. Yeah, this run. Yeah, the run. It's unbelievable. This run is amazing. At the Sports Kid Five says that BYU hasn't had a triple double in thirty years. Yeah. Now he has four. One more, and he has an NCAA record. It's cray cray. Thanks to Christian Stewart, Jalen Reyes, and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation. The show on demand on BYUtv.org slash BYUSN and BYUsportsNation.com. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Lance Archibald. BYU Sports Nation back at it on Monday at noon Eastern. Volleyball.